And so it begins. Delayed, but it's still beginning. The uh, Rugby World Cup is here, ladies and gentlemen. And we on the WRP, me, Johnny Hammond, and a bronzed Rachel Burfingtons are here to bring you, well, every nook, every cranny, every swerve, every pass through the podcast through the next six weeks. And this week, the opening week, going into the opening round... We're going to do pool pods. So this pod is going to be concentrating on pool A. And we've tried to get in contact with every single nation uh, and speak to some of the main protagonists. But first of all, Berth, how are you? I'm really good, thanks, Johnny. I am mega excited. I think, obviously, I've been away, but I can see everything's been bubbling. I mean, watch the Red Rose documentary last night I watched the Black Ferns one night before you got the Welsh one coming out this I mean it is going crazy and I just love it um yeah I just think this is going to be and I know you say this every World Cup cycle but this just genuinely feels like it's going to be like no other um World Cup we've ever seen before even the the players are already experienced the big media day that they had you know going down being in front of the cameras you know all the all of that never happened, never existed, you know. So even though things like that, you have a real sense that this is a huge tournament, obviously, being the World Cup. But I mean, in terms of where it's moved on from from 2017, it, it's, I'm so excited to get to, to see it all kick off this weekend. This weekend? Yes, yeah, this weekend. It's this weekend. <laughs> She's still in holiday mode. Um, don't worry, you got... Um... 874 hours of travelling to do before we get down <laughs> to New Zealand. Um, but literally, I couldn't agree with you more. 35,000 tickets sold for the opening day and there's blah, blah, standalone that are records and all that. I'm you know, not too worried. Just Let's just get feet on the ground, sold or given away. Um, New Zealand are throwing the kitchen sink at it. The opening ceremony was a blast, apparently. Lots of cultural references, that kind of stuff. And as you say, documentaries coming out of the woodwork. Um I think New Zealand were embarrassed last autumn. And one thing in, in rugby, New Zealand don't like to be embarrassed. And if they get the chance to reap their revenge, then they certainly do. Get back to the men's team. When France beat them in that um, World Cup, didn't they, without four passes from Mishak. Next time they played them in the semi-final, put 60 points on them. That's that's the New Zealand mentality. And, I, and you're seeing it in, in, in droves. Whether there's enough on the pitch, who knows? Um, but yeah, hugely, hugely exciting. Can't wait for it to get underway. So, here is your round one. Saturday the 8th of October, local time, quarter past two in the UK, 2.15, South Africa against France, Fiji against England, 4.45 here in the UK, all of these on ITV, Australia versus New Zealand at 7.15. And then on the Sunday, we have USA against Italy, 12.45 this is going to get confusing over these times isn't it and then on the Sunday from pool B at uh, quarter to one in the morning here in the UK 12.45 local time USA against Italy followed by Japan against Canada these and Fangare these Sunday games that's 3.15 here in the UK and then 5.45 is Wales against Scotland, that is a huge game in this, and it's just nicely, seamlessly, ski sock-like, led us into Pool A, Berth. 
Before I get your thoughts uh, on those teams and those those opening games, let's hear from an absolute totem pole, a, a, a truly natural leader uh, in the Scotland captain, Dr Rachel Malcolm. It is a very warm welcome yet again to, I, I think we can probably in that bracket, a friend of the pod. Uh, yeah, Doctor. I consider myself a friend. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Dr. Rachel Malcolm, the, the Scotland captain, all the way down there in New Zealand. Rachel, how's it been so far? You just had the opening ceremony. How's things? Yeah, it's been class. Like For most of us in the team, it's our first time out here. Um, so to get a week in Auckland to kick us off was, was really good fun. Um, got a few kind of cool activities um good training blocking and then finishing up with the opening ceremony which was actually like I don't think I'd really appreciated how cool it was going to be um it was really pretty special just like a lot of traditional performances and seeing some of the New Zealand culture and and bits and bobs like that like it really and that like even just them saying the words like five days to go was a wee bit kind of scary in one word but also really exciting that yeah we are actually finally here and we're finally going to get to play so it's it's definitely real I think now as well we've moved up the road so um it feels like a match week now yeah you're up in the, in, in Fangare now um yeah lots of sort of social media clips coming back from that opening ceremony dancing and, and whooping hollering and, and singing and all the rest of you up out your chair giving it some <laughs> I absolutely was not because I think I'd clear the room if I did that. But um, <laughs> I was I was appreciating from the comforts of my seat. Um, but no, I was not off by my chair. <laughs> um, Rotate, it's, it's a it's a lot of first first time in New Zealand. You just said it's first World Cup for most of you. How difficult is it to balance your personal excitement? Oh my God, this is so amazing to, to be doing all these firsts. And then actually being that figurehead of that Scotland team. Because if you're a little bit giddy and what have you, that's going to transcend through through everybody else. How difficult is that for, for you tying with your emotions? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it is tough. Like one thing we, like we've talked a lot about it before we came out, which I think is quite good, like kind of how big a deal it is, but also ultimately we want to do the best that we can for our country and the biggest like thing is we want to enjoy this experience like we don't want to get kind of bogged down by the pressure of it for one but we also know that if we play well then we will enjoy ourselves a lot more in that experience so I think like have like we've had really clear meetings around like our values and what we want to get out of the tournament both on and off the pitch and and how we are going to get the best out of us on the pitch so I think just having that clear communication and kind of boundaries around certain things before we even got here has helped us just like soak up the experience. We had really clear expectations around how the first week would look and, and what we wanted to get out of it on and off the pitch. And now that we're kind of in out the way as well, away in like the back end of nowhere in, in Fagarai, it's, it's quite nice because there's not too much going on around us. You are a wee bit secluded. And it's it feels a lot more like a traditional match week, even though, um, you know, when we were in Auckland, it was all quite buzzy everywhere you went. Everyone was talking about it. Now we can just kind of we're 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 in a really good good place. We've had two really good training sessions out here today, um, and it it does it feels like we're in a good place mentally for it. Um, but I think like as the the leader, I guess in that it's just managing emotions, like being aware of of where we're at as a group and kind of what chat I need to give in that respect there's times where you need to get people up for things 
and there's times where nerves or emotions are sky high and it's just about actually like calming and like getting getting us in a good space to to train or do whatever we need to do so like my job is just trying to keep tabs on on where we're at kind of as a group and if there's any individuals in different headspaces and stuff like that so that's kind of how I go about it awesome and in such the roller coaster um to to actually get out to New Zealand is there a, a real sense now just before we get into sort of chat about the, the, the teams you're facing a real sense of right okay we're here let's just relax let's just enjoy it yeah absolutely like we have put in a huge amount of work to be here and I think we are all so honoured to to have made that that jump like we know like we've created a bit of history to get here but it like before we even left like we said it'd be really easy for us to just get there and like kind of go right job's done like let's just like let's just see how we do like we are not here just to make up the numbers um we want to we want to perform we want to achieve for our country we want to achieve as individuals we want to achieve as a team and like that requires us to be focused with rugby but we also like a hundred percent like we're at a world cup in new zealand like it actually like that is really it doesn't really get any better than that it is a once in a lifetime so we need to enjoy it as well so we but like i say like i think having like a little bit of clear expectations before we came out here as to how it would look and how we would enjoy it if that makes sense how we can make the most of different days and different types of days has, has been really cool for us and that's been so far i mean everything always changes as soon as you get into matches and, and the emotions come into it but so far so good in, in that respect um but no like got a huge amount of work's gone in over the last however long you know six years of, of this build up but the six years before that that yeah we need to we need to make the most of this opportunity for sure so no pressure whatsoever going into your opening game against Wales. Just 12 years <laughs> worth of expectation. Um, yeah. It, 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 look, 24-19, uh, the Six Nations, um, they it picked you at the post. Um, it, are you delighted to have yeah, a, a very a very close rival first up? Or would you prefer, uh, prefer to have sort of taken on the, the Australia or, or, or the New Zealand first? Uh, that's a good question. I think you can always find like a bit, like a, you can always find, you know, you can always find a reason to say this is the best way, the best order. Like I, course, I yeah. like I've never heard a coach say, "Oh, this is a, a bad time to get a team." Do you know what I mean? There's always <laughs> you can always spin it that yes, yeah, it's the class time to play the best team in the world, for example. But um, it's 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 one that I guess like when you talk about like that pressure of the tournament and and all the unknowns and stuff that we're not familiar with. I guess from that point of view, it is quite good, I guess, to have a team that we are familiar with to to set our stall out. And like we know each other really well. We've had a couple of really good contests in the last couple of seasons. So it's gonna be about who turns up in the best shape on the day. Um and like we've all prepared in very different ways. We've all had different exposure to matches and like it's that's the exciting bit, isn't it, to see kind of how that how who is that gonna be um and it is wide open and it's, it's it's about that so um yeah I guess like it is a good thing because we'll have that little bit of kind of known before we face a lot of the unknowns in Australia and New Zealand for us personally um but yeah you can always spin it can't you <laughs> you can always spin it um you say you've spoken a lot there before you left and 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 since you've been out there what is there an expectation is there 
we we would expect ourselves to do this or is it about oh look we'll, we'll play the best we can because look from the outside you think that 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 Scotland Wales game would be crucial New Zealand are, are yeah. a very very strong side at home Australia pretty much unknown they're getting a lot better of course but you haven't had a great run of results you, you would expect sort of seasoned players like most of you are playing week in week out to to probably pip pip Australia how pivotal is that Wales game it's massive it's absolutely massive for the the outcome of that group isn't it like there's no shying away from that at all um I think obviously the form that that New Zealand have shown um in the last couple of months shows that they're they're really on the up and and also Australia are getting better. They've had a huge amount of match exposure. So I think, you know, you've got two really big games, second and third for, for both us and Wales. So whichever team starts out on a win is in a really good spot, um, especially when you look at the makeup of the other groups as well and, and you know, those third places become important and, and all the bits that go with it. So, like, they've, they've been our, our, like, that's that's the match that, that, we've really focused on we've not really looked beyond that at this point we've you've got like that's got you've got to get that right and um, we know how strong Wales are at the minute we've seen seen them play obviously a lot recently and we know that we can't be caught sleeping in that first match and it's it's yeah it's all to play for it really is oh, and then you've got a host nation that must be cool as well because you know 35,000 yeah. or tickets for the opening day that are sold you know New Zealand I mean they are throwing everything at it social media wise and all the rest of it aren't they um that's a really yeah. exciting prospect as well oh I'm absolutely buzzing to play uh, to play Australia but also buzzing to play New Zealand I think like to play New Zealand and New Zealand when none of us have played New Zealand before you know play in front of the hacker like all the bits that go with it is an incredible experience of like first and foremost like obviously we want to go out and perform and 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 do the absolute best we can on pitch but also like you don't need to like you don't it doesn't need to just be that boring chat that you know it's just not a game it, it is it is really exciting it is a big occasion um and we want to enjoy that and yeah like by that point we'll have a better idea of where the group's at as well and and yeah it's 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 a cool it's a cool one and I'm, I'm super excited to play both them and Australia because of two teams I've never played before, which which presents a completely different challenge. So many firsts, so many cherubic. It's Rachel, a cool couple of weeks coming up. <laughs> isn't it just? Oh, look, it's really, really exciting. I'll leave there because um, it's it's late, late with where you are now. Rachel, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, perhaps we'll catch up later in the tournament, but um, all the very, yeah, very best for the yeah, rest of the cheers. tournament and for that opening game. Hi, I'm Lydia Thompson and you're listening to the amazing world-class women's rugby pod. Lovely to chat to her. Huge, huge game in that pool, isn't it? Um, we'll go straight to that, that final game on Sunday. 5.45, Wales against Scotland from the Northern Events Centre in Fangray. Um, Wales against Scotland. Wales 24, Scotland 19 in the Six Nations. Looking at the rest of the pool, just how pivotal is that game for both of those? Yeah, it's it's huge, isn't it? Because the opportunity that they have in terms of, you know, Wales and Scotland have a real opportunity to qualify. So this big opening game is such a big statement piece for them. Um, but I, I'm struggling to call it uh, on who between Wales and Scotland because you look back at the, the Six Nations game and you think, well, first half, I would say Scotland, second half, you're going to say Wales. So if either of those teams, if both of those teams produce an 80-minute game, then I don't think you can call that game. 
No, I agree. I think it's really, really tight, isn't it? Um, what are the key battlegrounds? And I'm sort of going to caveat the question with just how important is the, is the mental side? Yeah, I think opening game, knowing what this game could end up meaning come the later stages of those pool rounds, you know, that will all be um, playing on the players' minds. However, you know, Scotland will go into this game thinking we should have beaten them and we let them beat us in the Six Nations. Wales will be going into this game thinking, well, actually, we didn't turn up for that first half and we still beat you. So that there'll be all these different kind of mind games going on between in, in their own camps and justifying things because that's that's the human thing to do. Um, but I think, you know, the the area that Scotland really struggled with was the breakdown area. For example, when Sean Ed Harris came on, she raised the tempo and Scotland couldn't, um, they couldn't stop it. And I think so that, but that was a long time ago now in, in the context of where we are today. So I think both teams would have moved on heavily from that um, game in the Six Nations, but take a lot from it. Um, I, I really want to see how the kicking game has come on for Wales. It was an area that they've consistently been struggling in, um, but they've had a huge amount of focus on. You did see glimpses of that against England, being able to clear out of their own um, 22 at times. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, there's going to be plenty of good matchups against head-to-heads in this in this game. Oh, there's huge. A couple of things to pick up on that. One, we, we spoke to Keely, didn't we? Keely Dana McLean um, at um, Ashton Gate. And she spoke about El Snowsill, who, you know, who does seem to be, yeah, she's the incumbent number 10. Um, she, she does have that kicking game, perhaps the structures and what have you around her. Presumably that's something that they'll be looking at. Um, selection, again, is always the biggest um, and the most important thing a coach to get right. That selection is going to be key, isn't it? Robin Wilkin comes in as well. Yeah, new new contract just handed to her but into the World Cup. So, you know, do they go for a more kicking option at, at fifteen in in Robin? Um, oh, yeah. Or do you slot her into twelve? And then you've got two kicking options either side of the ruck. Yep, you can do that, can't you? It's not something they've been particularly playing, isn't it? Um, they like having Karen Lake and Hannah Jones in the in the centres, don't they? Um, Karis Williams is, is is there now as well, former Loughborough Lightning Wasp player. Um, but the other thing I was just going to pick up on, having having been in, inside the Wales camp for the majority of a, a, a day, and and just talking to to Rachel Malcolm there, I'm not sure whether the the contracts and the professionalism is is sitting lightly with Wales. I'm not sure it's giving them a release. I just sense a, a, a when I was down there, just a, just a, a, a bit of, a bit of tension to it. And you know we've got to perform. It's such a rugby nation. We've now got contracts. There's no excuses. And and that was weighing weighing quite quite heavily on them. I felt. And in Scotland, plenty plenty of stuffs going on off the field. Um, I just hope that they that doesn't weigh them down. Um, it sounds like they're, they're fully involved in lots of conversations about what they're doing, when they're doing it with the management and the players are fully involved in that. So it, you're right. It is so, so tight. Who's key for you for Scotland? For me, Jade Conkle is massive for them. The workload that she gets through, the, the collision work, her work rate. She's a player that's going to keep um, Scotland on the front foot. Um 
And that's going to be really, really important because Scotland have excellent, skillful backs, really good pace on them. Um, Emma Orr, really excited to see her play again. Um, Chloe Rowley, Rona Lloyd, they've got some, you know, some of the serious wills within the World Cup. So, but unless you're making dents in the Welsh defence, the passionate Welsh defence, time and time again, you're not going to create too many opportunities for your back. So I think, you know, it's not just Kit Jade, but the, their back row is going to be really significant for them, getting them on the front line. Yeah, well, let's hear from the, the Welsh camp. Now, this is from uh, last week when I was down within the camp, but just that excitement of taking on Scotland. I think Scotland will be the biggest test, but all the pressure comes from ourselves and our performance. We know that we have to perform better than we did against Canada and against England. We know we've got some rights to wrong, wrongs to right. <laughs> and if we do that, I think it'll be absolutely fine. But we are under no illusion. That's probably going to be our biggest game, but we do have battles coming up against New Zealand and Australia. So we're not going to put too much pressure on that. We're not going to put too much pressure on ourselves. It's just all about our performance and, and doing what we do well. I've said it before, I am definitely a person who wants to go out and win everything. I'm competitive in, in everything no. I do. So, yeah. <laughs> so a gold medal for me, I, I want nothing nothing less than a gold, gold medal. But I've said before, our main focus is Scotland. We go put in a good performance against Scotland. We win that. We are in the battle with a potential quarter quarter place final we are then on a high going into play New Zealand um it's going to be tough home crowd home crowd for them they're gonna um yeah probably be on a high from their last game as well and then we've got Australia last so we put in good performances against them we are in a quarter final I'm Simon Middleton and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pop. Georgia Evans the flanker and Jazz Joyce the speedster there from the Welsh camp Come on then, Berth. I'm not going to let you get away with it. <laughs> who's, who's winning? No splinters. Oh, this is... Honestly, I I think it changes daily when I'm like... When I sit down to think about it, I'm like, oh, I know, but Wales this, and I think Scotland this, and then I'm like, I have no idea. I think it's going to be one of the, the tightest game. I think player for player, they're very well matched. I think the history of each other's fixtures is very well matched, and you know, the opportunity and it, it could come down to just that kind of mentality. You talk about feeling the pressure on Wales and Scotland during the other camp going, let's go and have a good time because we've fought so hard and so long to get us into this position. We're not about to, you know, not choke up the wrong word, but we're not about to, you know, kind of seize up and, and not take this moment for us. Um, and, and that could be the telling, you know, when you play under pressure and you and you you know how to handle that pressure then that stifles so much of your play which you know you could see coming creeping in as we've seen before for Wales it creeping in yeah and I think there's there's an embracing of there's so many firsts as, as Rachel was talking about you know playing Australia playing in New Zealand playing New Zealand playing in the World Cup um and it that seems to to be exciting them uh in, in sort of opposition to Wales, yeah, and this is purely, purely, my, you know, my sense and, and my feeling um, of what I kind of, kind of picked up. Um, but there you are. Um, what, what are you saying but today? I, there, but I do, I do think Wales is one of the the only teams that knows how to get under anybody's skin, 
And so <laughs> <laughs> I mean that with the greatest respect to them and so. they'll probably take that as credit. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, we look at, not look at the autumn, not the autumn, the warm up game between England and Wales, but let's look at that first 20, 25 minutes in the Six Nations where they rattled England. Like England haven't been rattled before. And I think if they can bring that at, that kind of mentality, which I know that they will, then that then will play on the psyche of Scotland. And again, like I said, they're so evenly matched. You know, the difference between the time together, um, the, obviously the, the large contingents of Welsh players who play in the Annie Nans Premier 15s at Bristol Bears, you know, those things will add up as this, uh, this tournament goes on. So, yeah, oh, I don't know what I'm saying today. What are you saying? <laughs> Um, rugby will be the winner. <laughs> I agree. There we go. Um, I, no, come on, let's put our next on the line here. I, I, you know, Wales have then got New Zealand. Greatest respect. I think they could you know, give them a, a much better game than, than, than we've seen previously. Uh, and then they finish with Australia, which is you know, very, very winnable for them. Um, it's, it's, it's crucial for Wales, isn't it? Um, I just wonder whether that time together with those contracts is, 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 is paying dividends, certainly will be physically, or whether that comes into play later in the pool. I... Okay, Scotland. Oh, I just about to say Scotland myself too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Scotland too. I, I, I don't know why. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a bit of something. Oh, perhaps I should go Wales because we're going Scotland. No, we're both going Scotland. The other two in that pool who meet on Saturday... Um, at what will be uh, an outstanding opening ceremony, no doubt. Rita Ora still got her playing constantly on the playlist. Um, <laughs> they are meeting at Eden Park in Auckland, quarter past seven local time, Saturday the 8th of October. Quarter past seven here in the UK, Australia against New Zealand. Uh, I caught up with Shani Williams last week and asked her about all that success that she and, and several others have had in the Sevens programme, and when we talk about those Sevens players going to New Zealand as well, but they've just done the Triple Crown. They've won the series, knocked off the, the Commonwealth Games as well, and then the World Cup. How the, she's going to translate that success into this Fifteens programme. How do you transfer that? Because you've switched hats pretty quickly. There's no rest for the wicked. Um, from from the sevens up to the fifteens, how do you transfer that ethos, that that winning culture, that, that, that those standards mm-hmm. into fifteens when you haven't you know, you've dipped in and out, as it were? And how 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 are you and the other sevens players bringing that to the fifteens, or how can you? Yeah, I mean it's obviously pretty tough, and time is um, ticking away pretty quickly. So I haven't had a lot of time, and you know, there's thirty six people you've got to infect with some success. So how do you do oh, that? You can it's do through... it, Shani. No, if anyone through... can. <laughs> it's through culture, mate. It's through connection. It's about finding out about each individual and making them feel like they're wanted and needed and valued within the team, finding that why don't they believe in themselves or why do they believe in themselves, asking just those questions of, um, why do you do it? And when you get out there in the paddock, the, it's so much easier to be next to somebody that understands you and knows you and wants to go 
in and fight for you rather than it just being, oh, yeah, shiny, she's a sevens player, cool, she's rocked up and she thinks she's going to be a superstar. That's not me. Like, I'm coming in here to help these people grow, help them understand and lead by example um, and show what professionalism can be about. You know, yet you don't always have to, you know, be leading the way. You can let someone else lead the way and just help them out. So I think that's um, sort of what I've come in here to do as well as, you know, be my fourth World Cup and just challenge myself a bit more. I've, there's no limitations. Um, the only limits are what I put on myself. And right now, yeah, I'm out of my comfort zone because I haven't played 15s in a long time, but um, that's what you do as a footy player. It doesn't last forever. I mean, I... I, I... Utterly absorbed. Sorry, uh, no, utterly absorbed as ever when I when I speak to you. I, w- I want to talk talk <clears throat> about the next few weeks in, in New Zealand. But you mentioned there, and it's a point I was going to bring up. But it, it's your fourth World Cup. You, as I say, <laughs> we've got one of the biggest sock draws I- I- in the game, um, and you conduct yourself quite impeccably off the field uh, and very true to yourself. Where, where does your drive come from, Shani? Because that's a lot of time at the cold face. That's a that's a lot of tackle bad. That's a lot of times you're raising the hand to squirt the water bottle in your mouth. It's a lot of flights. Where does your drive come from? I think it's changed over the years. Like as a kid, you're always driving to, you know, make your parents proud and impress your parents and, um, you know, do it for your family and your friends and that sort of stuff. And I think as I got older, it's about me. It's about what am I capable of doing? What sort of legacy do I want to lead? How do I want to help others? Because that's my default, right, is I just want to help. I want to make people understand how great they are as well um, by being able to share what I have to give. And I don't know, it's, it's just something that I have now come to believe within myself I'm put here for a reason and if it's not just for rugby then it's it's here to to make people great and make people understand that they're great and be able to enjoy their life not um, sort of sulk around and and not find their limits because we're not here for very long so you got to go out and enjoy it and have fun and you're going to make mistakes like man it's not easy in life. There's roller coasters all over the place, but it's uh, how you deal with it and how you move forward and who you surround yourself with that, that helps with that. I mean, we call the women's rugby part. Um, we, we can be called the women's philosophy part, <laughs> um, the, the women's <clears throat> counselling part, the women's motivation part this morning. You get it all with Charlie Williams. <laughs> Well, I, I I had to to take it to to, to a funny because I, I was getting to actually a little bit um, welled up there. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, the next CEO of Rugby Australia, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Johnny, <laughs> um, Johnny let, let's talk about New Zealand. Where did you guys get there? Um, what have you been up to? What have you been doing, as you say, to to get those connections? That that Australian team in in the guise that it is now is is utterly embryonic. Um, so, what are you guys up to? How's training going? Fill us all in. Yeah, so we arrived over here on Sunday. Um, we had a training session on the Saturday beforehand, which was um, pretty brutal. We actually got up at 5 o'clock in the morning. We got this guy called DK. So we uh, did a beach session, um, so a bit of mindset. And this sevens body was pretty sore the next day. So uh took a little rest on that Sunday. And then, yeah, we just got into some training on the Monday, Tuesday, 
um, really focusing on our, um, you know, our core structures. Going to that, how we're going to obviously attack New Zealand. Um, pretty brutal match coming up straight away. But then just trying to embed some belief within each other. Like the Wallaroos played really well against New Zealand in Adelaide. And I definitely think that there's more to come from these girls and they probably didn't take or capitalise on those moments that they needed to. So um, it's just about getting around those girls and just going, oi, I see you here, you're deadly, you've got a good step, like just back yourself, I've got you back, I'll chase you in um, and just helping them out that way. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the performances against uh, the Blackfords certainly improved. You said that the last game was... Um... Was actually, actually quite impressive. Are you are you pleased as a as a group to to have them first up in the pool? Um, is is that a motivation, or would you want to build into to playing against them? Because it's, it's a tight pool outside. Yeah, it's definitely tight, and you know, like you get what you're given. Um, as soon as those pool matches sort of get established, it's like okay, right on. Let's take this opportunity. Um, yeah, we've we've definitely seen what New Zealand can do, and you know adding those seven girls in, um, Sarah and Portia and then Stacey and Ruby, you know, add some uh, massive strike power, right? So it's Just it's definitely, yeah. definitely about them of how we shut them down. But um, how do we play the game adding those girls in? Because um, it's definitely going to be a little bit different with that. But, you know, what a, an amazing opening match for us. You know, a packed out, sold out stadium – um, Eden Park, you know, Australia hasn't won there for years, 1960-something, I think it was. Um, never beaten New Zealand. Women haven't. Um, so, yeah, it's – and then, you know, Rita Ora, there's just – there's going to be so much hype around there, and that's about how do we stay focused and how we stay controlled in um, being able to play some Australian footy um, in New Zealand. And – People like yourself will be, will, will be key to, to to anchor the the rest of the squad. Scotland and Wales then in the in in the pool in that order. Yeah, Scotland then. Scotland then, first, then Wales. yeah, fifteenth, and then um, Wales. Yeah. Which um, yeah, I'll be on the the mic for back here in the in the UK. Um, looking forward to to doing those. What have, what have you made of of Wales and Scotland through the Six Nations? Yeah, I mean, definitely massive improvements. Like. I think every World Cup I've played in, we've played Wales. So it's 2010, yeah, 14 yep. and 17. Yep, every everyone really, we've played them. So um, I think they're probably a lot stronger than back then. Um, their kicking game's pretty good. Same with Scotland, their kicking game's very good as well. So um, obviously it'll be our forward pack that'll have to strengthen up there. Um, we've played 10 test matches, which is unheard of for you know the yeah, southern hemisphere and I think like obviously we're probably going to be a bit of an underdog here because we're not getting paid we're not professional um some of the girls probably on 200 bucks a day over here um but they've got to take leave from work so I think that's a little driving force there for for our girls is that yeah these girls are professional and we're coming up against them but let's put our best foot forward and do whatever we can um, to put a good performance out there. Only a matter of time. Yeah, that's it. Only a matter of time. My word, if, yeah. if, if Ireland can, 
can crack on than uh, everyone else can. Just going to ask was, those who are not possibly seen um, Australia playing 15s, may have played, seen, seen a bit of 7s and what have you, who are the names um, that, have, that have caught your eye that we, we should be looking out for um, listeners to the WRP when Australia take the field. Who who are the superstars outside of uh, Shani Williams, um, the next CEO of Rugby Australia? <laughs> um, well, I'll start with the back line. Georgia Fredericks, number 13. It's going to be amazing to be able to be alongside her because she's had an outstanding um, season so far and her confidence level is just, you know, skyrocketed. And I think... Um, you know, she's definitely going to bring a lot to this World Cup. Um, you got Ivania Wong. She's lightning quick. So we need a little bit of speed out there if we're going to come up against, you know, Portia out there. Um, and then uh, we've got our front row. Um, Liz Patu is, you know, our most capped player. Um, not our oldest, though, but our most capped player. Um, <laughs> Who's that reserved for? No, 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 carry yeah. on. <laughs> And then uh, like, can't go past the captain, Chen and Parry. Um, the Bash sisters are back together. So looking forward to to um, linking up with her and, and enjoying some footy again alongside her. Um, Grace Hamilton at that number eight. She's uh, pretty deadly at being able to run the ball and, and offload. Um, we've got weapons all over the place, but those girls sort of stand out for me at the moment. Um, our controller in Arabella McKenzie. Number 10, she's uh, got a great kick on her and will definitely put us in uh, good territory. Shani, um, it seems that uh, Rugby Australia, like women's rugby in, in, in general, we, you know, we, we're, we're dragging it forward um, and, and it is gathering some, some real pace. I think this, yeah, this World Cup has a, a big responsibility uh, in, in continuing to accelerate that. Um, what are the expectations uh, at this world cup what what will what will be deemed as a, a success as i say that yeah the, as you, you spoke about this there may be experiences at eden park but in zealand open game of world cup it's a young squad what what around the corner is is very exciting so what what is have you have you set goals let's get out the pool let's or let's just just concentrate on on performance and please don't give me a media answer you want me to give me one game at a time None of that. You're not allowed to be banned from saying that. Not allowed that, banned from saying that. Banned. I mean, I think we're we're looking at obviously coming second in our pool. Um, want to get try and get that top eight. I think we can definitely get bigger than that. Like I'm a believer. I'm bringing that success feeling into the team, and that's what they've set. But we're definitely striving for higher. And I, well, me personally, I'm definitely striving for higher as well. And I'll take everyone with me. Um, but yeah, at the moment, that's what we're looking at doing. Um, I want to see like we're we're fighting over here in Australia um, for players. Um, our grassroots is starting to take off, which is really great. Um, little local club, little shout out to the Ringarats because uh, our under first under thirteens team has gone away to play. Um, Otherwise, it's normally the Narrabeen Tigers, but now we're starting to see a team underneath the women's team, which is unbelievable for for junior rugby. And, like, that's where it starts, right? It starts at that grassroots. But over here in Australia, we've got NRLW that's really kicking off 
you know, 16 teams coming in. So you're losing a lot of players there. AFLW is really, really taking um, leaps and bounds as well. So we're, um, we need to obviously liven up rugby over here. Um, and by being in New Zealand, it's not far to travel. It's same time zone as well. So we're looking at obviously creating more traction and, and more excitement back into rugby. Um, you know, there's some stories obviously going around about the Wallabies and not succeeding and all of this. And it's like, well, we're our fans when we're, when we're losing because we still need them. And at the end of the day, we're human beings as well. We're not just rugby players. So we need that support. Right <laughs> on, sister. The um, heartfelt here, mate. Sorry, mate. I'm as always. <laughs> as always. I mean, it's early morning in the UK, late there. And uh, I thank goodness I had a very strong coffee before I came on. <laughs> You're going to yeah. go to the gym and lift some tin now. Boom. Come at me. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know me well, but not that well. Uh, certainly don't do that. Um, Hey, Shani, look, I'm conscious we, we have, we've had uh, virtually half an hour with you now. Um, and I, I know you want to go and get some, I mean, I would say yogurt. Um, you Go-get. say yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah. I mean, just what, what language are you speaking? English. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, no, sorry. I speak Bogan. I'm an Aussie. What Aussie I always Bogan. used to say was what would the Queen the say? But of course now, you know, um, what would the King say? The... He'd say yogurt, wouldn't he? Um, Charles. Shani, absolute, absolute pleasure. Perhaps we'll catch up with you uh, later in the tournament. Um, but really appreciate, as ever, your thoughts. And thanks so much. And huge congratulations on the Sevens win. And I hope, yeah, you can uh, really enjoy the 15s World Cup. But thank you so much for joining us on the WLP this morning. No, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, awesome to come on board. And um, you guys are doing an awesome job, as always. Like, just keep getting that word out there about rugby and keep inspiring the women to get on and play footy, but we need those men out there supporting us as well and, and getting around us. Well, how much of that, that winning culture can have an effect on this on this 15 side? Very, very young, very embryonic, really, in, it, in, it, in its growth. Yeah, I think Shani Williams can have an impression on any room and any team that she walks in, especially when you've got a younger squad around you. She's back with her old mate, um, Shannon Parry, which the two of them together, you know, is what the success of the Sevens was all built around, as they're both co-captaincies. So, of course, that's going to inject a lot of positivity and a lot of support around. And, you know, the fact that you've got Shani Williams in your team as well is a, is a big boost. So, yeah, I think it'll be, um, you know, great for the squad that they've got somebody with literally doesn't know how to lose in their team doesn't know how to take a step back um and and they will feed off that and you know that's just such an incredible trait that that Shani has you know I I see it I don't even get to play alongside her you can you can see what she can bring into a team environment so will that be enough to to beat New Zealand I'm not sure I don't think so um but the last outing you know they they pushed New Zealand closer I know at the time New Zealand was still experimenting, but so were Australia with a few new combinations. Um, but uh, that last test, I think, will give Australia a lot of confidence to go, do you know what? We're not a 50-pointer team being beaten by New Zealand anymore. We can, 
if we win our small margins, then we're going to be tight within this game. And I think they have an opportunity to, to really push New Zealand in that opening game. It's a big, big day for New Zealand, huge day. And so if they can kind of push that and those boundaries, then they'll push them close. You're right. It is massive. We spoke about the sort of embarrassed kind of feel to it, but the media over there going for it. Everything's geared up, isn't it, for this this home World Cup? Crowd expect. How difficult is it? Twenty fourteen, you would have been kind of similar. That that kind of pressure, or you know, certainly one one of the teams to to look out for in the tournament. How are they going to deal with that pressure? Are we going? You're going to answer with talking about sevens players again? Oh, potentially. <laughs> no, I think you know they've obviously got a huge amount of support going into this World Cup. They obviously have got Wayne Spiff, who everybody describes as the master. He's well um, experienced in these circumstances with players, with teams at Rugby World Cups, at home Rugby World Cups. Um, you know, Alan Bunting obviously has come in, done a lot of cultural work and they'll have psychological work. So there will be lots of talk around it, but... <sighs> For me, I think the players like Portia Woodman, Ruby Tui, um, they those two players alone capture why they love playing rugby. They just they enjoy it so much and they have so much fun and they've always got a smile on their face. And I think they bring that into the environment. And I think that's quite a, a New Zealand culture that they have is that they love and enjoy the time that they have together and they're enjoying what they do as opposed to letting it be a burden or a, a weight on their shoulders that, you know, win or lose, we've, we saw it, I will talk about sevens again, we saw when um, New Zealand lost in against Australia in the Rugby Sevens World Cup, you know, there's still smiles, there's still love, there's still this whole, you know, we still love what we do. And I think if they bring that, then that kind of pressure and they just go, do you know what? Wow, look at our country. Look what our country's done. This is for us. We're doing this for them. And I think they embrace that side of it as opposed to thinking, oh my God, this is really daunting. Oh my God, we've got TV crews. We've got media outlets. We've got all the, there's billboards everywhere in Auckland. I think they just take that on as a, yeah, this is is class and this is what we're about and this is what we want. Yeah, And uh, And that can be dangerous as well because then, sorry, Johnny, because then, when you're a team with a lot of talent and you've got this huge amount of confidence and you're just, you know, embracing all of that, then that's when you can be really dangerous on the pitch as well. Yeah. I, I think, I think because you grow up with it, you grow up with that expectation when you reach, you know, that pinnacle of wearing that black shirt, you know what comes with it because it's, it's, it's always there from when you're born in, in New Zealand. Um, if you're very yeah, lucky enough to, to be to the country, it is at, Absolutely everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't see a yeah. car for miles and you're passing tiny little villages with a tiny little church and a rugby pitch. Yeah. And a rugby pitch. And it, it is absolutely everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I agree with you. I, I think those guys with that seven experience and the big crowds and all the rest of it, it, it embrace that, that kind of stuff. Um, if they're looking slightly ahead, which of, of course they won't and all the rest of it, um, they then take on Scotland and Wales and and possibly further ahead there. What do you need to see from New Zealand to to be properly challenging 
you know, the Canada's, the France, the England's potentially later in the tournament? I think physicality. If they want to match England and France, the physicality element of the game has to be the first thing. They've got to get the tackle area right. They've got to get the collision right. Um, that we know what magic they can create out of nothing and out of pure perfect set piece. However, it's more about how they're going to be able to stay in that battle consistently against like a France and an England, you know, hit after hit, carry after carry at the same level consistently. Um, and yeah, I think that that's probably the area that I would be wanting to see from them. And, and, and that's why in this pool, they have an opportunity to really demonstrate that. It looks to me that they've done a lot of work on what they feel is the right fit for for the team. Um, their warm up games, their internal games. They were constantly looking at selection, um, and you know, like all teams going to this World Cup, there's been a couple of people that have been left at home that probably could have also been on the plane. Um, but I, I think they want to play a real fast tempo game because of the backline that they have selected in terms of the ability of how they can play um it's a really experienced backline as well that their pack isn't as experienced um so maybe that's why they felt they could maybe leave some of those anchors out because there's enough kind of anchors around some of the youngsters um come on then are New Zealand going to sink or swim with the pressure I think they're going to swim 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 yeah New Zealand win yeah, I think uh, I think Australia will be challenging first halves, especially. Um, but I just think that they've got. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm long winding this answer out. Yes, New Zealand win. <laughs> <laughs> right, good. From ramble to three words. <laughs> uh, we should have told the viewers it is like. 5 a.m. here, and I just did a 4 a.m. call, so yeah, yeah, excuse, excuse, dry your eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, here's the smallest violin playing just for you. So, there we are, Berth and I going Scotland, New Zealand to win the opening games. Just to remind you, 7.15 here in the UK, Australia against New Zealand, um, on ITV, uh, and then on Sunday from uh, Whangarei, um, 5.45 in the morning. That's at 5.45 local time in the afternoon. Wales against Scotland. Ninth against 10th seeds. There we are then. That's Pool A wrapped up. We'll see you for Pool B. Until then. Bye.